and it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. We're live, August 1st, baby. First day of the month. This is the damn good day show. We're out here with the one and only, a legend of Miami, uh, founder of Anatomy, pro football career, just an overall nice, hardworking guy. Mark, welcome to the show, brother. Oh, it's good to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I'm extra stoked because to prep for this, because I wanted to get to know you, mm-hmm. naturally, I watched your documentary. Oh. And I'm sorry you had to sit through that. <laughs> Dude, holy smokes. First of all, who produced that? It was amazing. Randy West of Monarch Productions, and uh, he's been incredible. And he just did that. Like, he wanted to do that for kids and because he didn't think um, there were enough great examples for kids. And uh, it was an honor to be you know, the subject of it, but he worked hard. That's really all Randy. It's all about him. He did a great job, man. He traveled all over the country all by himself, all by himself. I mean, it was so professional. It's amazing. He's like one of my heroes. It was insane. How'd you meet him? Uh, We played, well, I played at the university of Richmond, um, college football. And then he came in a few years after he actually walked on at NC state and he played really well, but he just, he's from Richmond. He wanted to come back home. He walked on at Richmond and earned a scholarship like immediately. And he's just a, I mean, he makes me look like I'm completely lazy. He's a workhorse, man. And uh, he, everything he does is to help other people. Everything he does, like he, that was to help at-risk youths um, focus on goals, dreams, and work hard and achieve them. When you meet people that just their life mission is to help other people. I'm thinking Sky David, like that guy we recently met in Austin, yeah. who in their free time, they're thinking, how can I feed the homeless or how can I help the kids or whatever it is? There's something just awe-inspiring. I, I try to be a good person, but I'm not at that level. No, that's another level. You know? That's another level. Like, um, you know, I'm like, let's make it through the day. Right, right. <laughs> do, do my very best to do take care of my responsibilities. And that's another level. The world needs more people like him. For sure. And it inspires us to remind us about life's purpose because, I mean, we were just talking right before this about uh, just financials, you know, like people always constantly, especially men, you know, we always want to make more money and achieve certain things, but finding your purpose and finding what actually excites you and makes you happy throughout the day, that's a whole different thing. And I think your story is really interesting because you made it to the Mecca of the Mecca, right? You made it to the NFL. Like you were mm-hmm. there, you did it. And to go at, from such like a, from a very low place. I mean, you started off, I, I love the documentary when it, when it starts off, you're in, you're in like middle school, I believe like sixth grade, yeah. you're self-conscious and you go through this metamorphosis where you just have this, no one's going to fuck with me ever again moment. Yeah. And from that day forward, you just bulldozered your way through life. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a challenging time. We all have our story, you know, and then uh, I had obstacles. You, I'm sure you have obstacles and, you know, they're very specific to each person. What I mean is, you know, what's hard for me might be easy for you and vice versa, you know. So what was hard for me is, you know, figuring out who I was, what's important to me. And, you know, there's just so many people in life that are there to tell you what's not possible. And I made the mistake when I was really young. I, I, I kind of listened to them, you know. And Do you have a really good memory? Can you remember oh, like yeah. first grade? I remember all, everything, exactly what people say to me. Wow. And then when you're dealing with certain personalities, like they, they'll deny it because they don't want to look bad and they don't want to be a bad person. But, you know, you remember what they say. So I just kind of put it in the bank. And it, I don't. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't go out. I didn't go out and do things to prove people wrong. I went out and did things to prove people right. And the people that loved me and cared about me who did believe in me, my mother, uh, certain family members, I wanted to prove to them that I was the person that they believed I could be. Yeah. A powerful moment is when your mother, you you were having second thoughts about the whole college football deal. Yeah. Uh, your mother calls you up and says, Hey, look, if you quit now, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. See it through. That was one of my yeah. favorite parts. It was powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a very emotional moment. I was struggling. It was just so overwhelming. I'm going to school almost a thousand miles away. And, uh, 
School, I get it. School where I went to school, it wasn't you're, that because you're Massachusetts, born. Yeah, but it wasn't like like the University of Richmond. It's it's challenging academic school. It, yeah. it just is, you know. Uh, certainly not one of the Ivy League schools, but it, it is, you know. And I wasn't prepared for that. And um, in, in regards to sports, I was a very hard worker, but there were a lot of guys who were just much better. Um, so I had a lot of work to do. You remind me a lot of my brother. He's uh, finishing up his last year as a surgeon, and it, academics just never came easy to him, nor me. That's why I didn't pursue it. But he decided to pursue it, and that man puts in freaking work, and he's 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 doing it. He's about to be completely done, and thirty four something, thirty five years old, finally going to be working. That's what it takes to be a surgeon in America. Right. But it's like to see the amount of hustle and heart that he has to put in just to get average grades compared to other people oh, I can't imagine. different beasts and that's really what imagine. like my impression of you is is that like i like you said it's not about proving people wrong it's about proving people right i mean the stories that people told about you even how steph the girl that uh ultimately linked us up um talks about you you're an empath you know you feel and understand people and see where they're at and see where they're coming which is why your podcast is I'm assuming outstanding. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, uh, someone told me once that you, a lot of people have, you know, one or the other, a high EQ or a high uh, IQ. And um, for me, really was never that smart. So I just have to pay attention to people, pay attention to their body language, how they're playing with their fingers, how they're shaking their head and what's going on with them so you don't miss moments because those moments are very impactful moments. And even someone who's a true either manipulator or narcissist, they they can't hide their body psychology. It is what it is. So when you I began to really pay attention to that because that's what I paid attention to, like within myself. So it really helped me tremendously to get. Was that a uh, college thing or just on your own? You, you just looked up body psychology. Um, well, in sports you really pay attention to body psychology. So if you're playing against your opponent, if he's exhausted, you really want to try to poach on that moment or pounce on that moment, rather. Um, you need to know where because he's vulnerable and he's weak. So every little twitch is every, giving you something. Every twitch, the way the quarterback puts his hands under the center, if he moves his hands, he's getting the ball. And then later on in life, I took a, uh, I believe it or not, an acting course when my football career was over and I studied uh Meisner technique which is like repeating and repeating was you know you I sit in front of you and I say you're playing with your hands yeah and you would have to repeat it if you if you are you have to own your true self you have to say I'm playing with my hands yeah and then I would say you're agreeing with me you just look down yeah I am no yeah, yeah, yeah. the second you started doing it I was like oh shit yeah. so it's you have to own what you are, but more importantly, it's about me not missing moments. The challenging part of that is I did it, put so much time in doing that that you can't turn it off. So someone's gonna look; they're gonna give you all their tells, right? And you're gonna know exactly where they stand, regardless of what words come out of their mouth. Well, I want to take that course. One thing um, I worked with a startup early on called Trueface. I was the first employee. It was two founders, just me and the two founders. Five year mm -hmm. journey. Eventually. Grew to about 30 people, built the sales team. It was facial recognition oh, software. Wow. And wow. we got acquired and everyone made some money and it was That's amazing. Um, but I had Sean on recently, Sean Moore, um, and great guy. And he was mentioning that when he was like 22, he uh, he did a pitch in front of a bunch of people and it just butchered it. He just made a complete fool of himself. He didn't know how to answer a question and he felt terrible about it. Mm -hmm. So then he took acting courses so that oh, he yeah. could learn how to get over that. Yeah. hump and yeah. it changed his life yeah it was super helpful to me um and it really didn't have much to do with acting it just had to do with me kind of owning myself being where my feet are and being able to not only be mindful of the things that are coming out of my mouth but pay a lot of attention to the person in front of me and we say you know at um anatomy the most important person in the room is not you it's the person standing in front of you and hopefully the person standing in front of them is the most important person to them. Right. That's you know, huge. You run into problems when the most important person to you is me, you know, and then it's just not reciprocal, meaning 
if someone's really selfish, the most important person in the room is myself. And that's right. when we run into problems. I like the idea, like, listen twice as much as you talk. That's mm-hmm. why God gave you two ears versus one mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting, too, because if you are open, you pick up on a lot more stuff. There's a lot, especially, I love people, hence podcasting. I just mm-hmm. love, like, this is so sick. Like, mm-hmm. literally DM'd you on Instagram. I'm a fan of anatomy. I love Miami. I'm stoked on Miami. And I don't know if you know. So I, I moved to Miami two years ago. From where? Um, I was in LA at the time, but I grew up in upstate New York. Okay. Spent a lot of time in Massachusetts. Okay. Whereabouts um, in Massachusetts? Pretty much like I'm Springville, Boston. Just my friend. I went to school at UNH and like half of my college wow, went UNH. to Boston after. It's a great school. We played against He's them in college. He's an upstate New Yorker as well. So okay. we're OG you know, okay. Northeast, right? Okay. But Miami is amazing, right? Gorgeous weather, mangoes, yeah. good people, great energy, a little flavor, a little sauce for everything. It's great. Yeah, Miami is a great place. Um, you got to learn. Miami's like, I know New York has their boroughs, but Miami has their communities. You know, those little micro communities. You got to figure out what community. And you don't have to be just, you know, dedicated to one. You can be a part of many. And I think that's why Miami is so special. It's diverse. And uh, the people are... A lot of energy in Miami. Yeah. A lot of good people in Miami. It takes a little bit of time to find your your tribe, but it's worth it. Well, what we did was is we used to do the podcast just on Zooms and in person and met outstanding individuals throughout that process. And that's mm-hmm. how we've grown. But now it's just in person because there's nothing more important than being in front of someone seeing them oh yeah like one of my bad habits is i pick my nails mm-hmm. like i've done it my whole life i've never had to clip my nails because i just kind of pick them it's a really disgusting bad habit but now that we've shared something you know a little tony bit about robbins me. tony robbins <laughs> has the same bad habit really yeah oh damn yeah yeah, yeah i haven't gotten my rebounder yet but okay. one day yeah and ice bath you have the sauna Oh, don't! T- oh, you saw that thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, baby. I know yeah, Anatomy's yeah. known for their ice bath sauna. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. The um, I got that sauna from Radiant Health Saunas mm-hmm. in Canada. They're amazing. Yeah, some of the lowest BCOs and EMFs in the market. Plug. Oh yeah, good dude. <laughs> Randy Gom. He's he's yeah. the homie. He's a good nice, dude. Nice. And he's just a great person, which is why I have, I'm stoked on plugging mm-hmm. him. But ice baths, my man Sky over here, spent two weeks with Wim Hof. Okay. So he's all about ice baths, okay. but I'm still a huge bitch about it. And yeah. we're supposed to be getting one shortly, just like a chest freezer. Okay. Because I need to do it. But uh, I don't know. You have anything to share on that guy? Change is coming, man. Just be ready for yeah. it. It's it's life changing. The the people that jump into the cold plunge at anatomy are they're like, I can't believe I've never done this. This is amazing. I feel amazing. My body feels amazing. I feel a little bit of euphoria. That dopamine kicks in. That's one of the most wonderful things we have. People love the recovery component of anatomy. And really? I think it, I mean, not only does it help our community, it helps our team and just helps you replenish and feel better for the next day. When was the first time you did a cold plunge? I used to do the cold plunge every day after practice in the NFL. And at first I didn't need it because I was so young. And I'm like, I don't, why are we wasting time in there? Why are you going in there? And you see guys who are 10 years in, 12 years in, they're like, you'll you'll see. And then one day I just got in there. I said, man, I feel like I didn't practice. And they're like, there you go. So going into an ice bath is beneficial to feel better. But it's not optimal to go into an ice bath post-training like session, like a hypertrophy session where you're tearing muscle fibers or strength session like that's probably not the best time you're probably better off waiting several hours going later in the day but to feel better you're practicing 100 degree heat and you're exhausted and you got to go back out there in three hours and do it again you're probably gonna want to get a nice bath is there any other so for not practicing in 100 degree weather and you're just you know practicing for smashing some calls and pounding out your morning smoothie like when's the best time to do it before or after workout like i mean this there's conflicting studies. There's, there's different th- things pub- publish, uh, published. I'm a morning person, but there are people on our team that like to go in the middle of the day because that prepares them for the second half of their day. So, I mean, for each his own, sometimes you don't have a lot of time. You're running around, but you're only in there five to ten minutes. You and do the, five minutes? The colder it is, I go neck down. I try to do six to eight minutes. Oh, that's savage. Yeah, yeah. And some some cold plunges are forty degrees. We have 
the midtown one is notorious it's like 38 degrees and you see people get in there and they just jump out it's super cold it's super bad. cold well the heart the time i did do it i did it out of peer pressure because i just had people around me all like chan and i was like, I was fucking cold. Yeah. like you know i i needed that you need boost, it yeah of you course because it's just ah, i i'm the type of dude that just will like, if I have bad skin when I'm older, it's not because I didn't eat healthy. It's because I just roasted myself in hot water in a, sh- in a shower, man. Yeah, it's yeah. my happy yeah, place. Yeah. You know? I, I I know it's painful, but I like the cold uh, cold water immersion. It just makes me feel better. Like for me, I do it more than anything for mental health. It's huge. I feel I just feel better when I'm done. I feel like a different person. Do you do it every day? If I have time, I do. Yeah, I try to. I mean, there's. If it's seven, eight o'clock at night, finish a work day, sometimes I don't want to get in the cold water. I just don't. Yeah. But if I have time in the morning after, like for my training, I'm not really so concerned with getting jacked and getting huge. I train because I know I enjoy it. It makes me feel better and I want to maintain some strength. I'm not trying to be the most jacked dude on was the there, there was a time that you wanted to be the most jacked Oh, of dude. course. Yeah, I mean, I was 18, 20 years old once. I mean, that was the most important thing in the world to me. Now, not so much. Now, I just want to have a great quality of life. Yeah. And quality of life, what have you learned about quality of life? It's different for everyone. Um, I always think quality of life, success, commitment, and discipline are very different definitions for everyone. So quality of life for me is, you know, happy family. Um, Basically, I read something recently that said, if you make a lot of money, you own a lot of businesses, and you appear to be wildly successful, but you're a failure at home, you're a failure. So to me, having a, a wonderful family is a sign of success. And I am, most important thing to me is my wife, my son to be born soon. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congra- that's awesome. And, and the people I work with, you know, I'm, I'm committed to them. I love working with them. I love being shoulder to shoulder with people who care and are on a mission. They're on the same mission. Did it change though? Like the way you thought about that with the family, for example, like when your son was born, was there some crazy energy? Well, he wasn't born yet. He wasn't right, born sorry, yet. When, yeah, you, yeah. when you found out though, you're, you're like, oh snap. Um, yeah, because you hear things all the time. Like, but I realize it changes you, right? Like yeah, they say, it changes like, you. Your life's gonna change. Well, it, it's interesting because I learned the same thing through this process that I did with like relationships. Like the people who say, "Oh my God!" Like I remember one time when I was getting married and going through the process, I got engaged, and a buddy of mine found out. He messaged me and he said, "I can't believe you're going down, man. You're going down." And I said, "What do you mean?" He was like, "Well, you get married." He said, yeah, you're going down. I said, well, I think I'm going up. I actually feel like I'm going up. Like I'm, like my, if you met my wife, she's so incredible. Like I I love spending time with her. I'd much rather spend time with her than anyone else. So to me, same thing with having a kid. People say, oh my God, it's a nightmare. Your life's going to change. You don't know. Of course I don't know. It's my first child. But at the end of the day. I know how long we've wanted this for. I know how important it is to us. And I know what it was like for me growing up without a father. So guess what? I'm kind of excited for this. You're going to be like you know the world's that? best like, dad. Well, You're going to go so all in on that. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it's important to us. And, you know, it's all who is delivering the message. Like my friend, when I was getting married, he was a negative guy. Yeah. The people that give me negative news, they just... I see what the relationship. And we're all just a product way. of our personal experiences. Maybe yeah. he just didn't do as much personal development, or been maybe he didn't have a good marriage, or his family was all effed up, or something. Yeah, yeah. Something I mean, skewed that. Everyone has traumas from their family, and I think, you know, you. I, I also know a handful of people in life who are unbelievable fathers, and I, I was like, man, I want to be in that house just because they're not perfect, but they love being family people. Yeah. Like I think that's great, you know, and I. I, didn't, I had a great mom, but I didn't get to experience the whole thing, so I want to experience the whole thing. Yeah, like you know? Christmas is going to be so lit at your house. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> They're going to have to have Santa Claus show up. Yeah, sure. I, I, I didn't... I was the last person in my friend group to find out Santa wasn't real. What do you mean? I just... My dad did a really good job at imitating He's not real? Santa. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah, the magic man. 
Rudolph. <laughs> and I realized it one day when I realized Santa always wrote in capital letters and my dad has doesn't know how to write in non-capital letters. Smart. <laughs> it was a sad day. Smart. <laughs> but it's interesting too, the, the, formi- the formative stages that have to do with that, especially early like childhood development of the brain of when parents aren't there. It's it's huge. It shapes everything. It shapes, like if you grew up without a mom, for example, like there's a lot of like levels that you just miss out on. If you grow up without a dad, it's clearly there's things you miss out on, and it's 100%. these are just foundational attributes. And obviously, you know, divorce rates are pretty high uh, throughout like the world, and um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just like personal growth and personal development of people. And again, I'm no expert. I'm a single dude in Miami, but the more I've talked to successful people, it's the people that have done that inner work that really know who they are at some level that seem to be able to have some of the most successful, you know, relationships. Yeah. So it's interesting. You said the people who grow up without a father or grow up without a mother sounds terrible, right? But what about the people who grow up with a father and a mother and they're both just negative people gaslighters uh you know cause trauma yeah would it be better to grow up without i mean people say oh you don't know what it's like you grew up with a mother and father yeah but if they're completely abusive and negative your whole life you might be better off growing up without them right my, my psychology teacher in college used to talk about that you know he used to say the rule of the he's called it the rule of going without it can be a pro or it can be a con it's all perspective and how you look at it yeah, the gift of perspective. Yeah, and that's what you said, doing the work. Like, what does that mean? You know, I uh, I have so many like issues and challenges. Though I still do stupid, crazy things and ego-filled things, and I, and then I always look back and go, "That was so stupid. Why did I do that?" Yeah. But then I, I think if you ask yourself why you did it, and you want to look into it, and really try to figure out why was I insecure in that moment? Why did I do that? I think that matters because a lot of people just don't give a crap, you know? It seems the most, you know, prominent people that just live a great life that I've met, they seem to have a really short period of getting over it. Because, you know, when you like really F up, you do something terrible, you're like, how, why did I say that? Why did I make that mistake? And then you just sit there and dwell on it for like 10 minutes, an hour, two days, three hours. Like the most successful people also get pissed off, but they just like, they just get over it and move on. That was the old me. This is the new me. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. Yeah. But absolutely. it's interesting too, that sometimes we have to just do dumb shit. Like we have to get it off our plate. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, you know, the kid who walks the end of the couch, if he falls on his head, he's not going to do it again. Right. So, I mean, there's been so many, there were so many times when I was growing up that I was going to do something stupid my mother just let me do it. And then it was the quickest lesson I've ever learned. Don't do that again because that's painful. You know, so interesting lessons. Were you the type of person where, and I know you mentioned to prove people right, but if someone said, like your mom said, hey, wear a jacket, and you're like, no, I don't need to wear a jacket. I'm straight. Well, yeah, when I was a kid, I was a tough guy. So I used to wait, I used to prepare my clothes at like, before I went to bed at night and I'd put like jogging pants, like the underneath long pants underneath, um, t-shirt, sweatshirt, winter hat. And then when I woke up in the morning, if it was snowing, I thought for some reason I used to think there's not going to be snow on the track. So I could just jog to the track. And when I get to the track at like 4:15 AM, there's no snow on the track. So I don't have to worry about it. But of course there's snow on the track cause it's not a dome, but I didn't wear gloves. My mother always used to tell me to wear gloves. And I said, I can't wear gloves because, you know, tough guys don't wear gloves. And I'm not kidding. Ten minutes into the run, I have my sleeve pulled down in my hands. And I'm thinking, I'm definitely wearing gloves next time because my hands are freezing. (laughs) And I feel like I'm going to get frostbite. Um, But, yeah, I was that guy. You got a lot of uh, David Goggins energy. Yeah, I don't know. know. Have you you heard his uh, book? I've read it several times. Yeah, that's your jam. I feel like David Goggins is an incredible dude who has superhuman powers. But I think there's a lot of dark stuff in there, you know? Like, I don't think it's necessarily healthy 
if you're, you're running 100 miles and you're going to need two hip replacements and two knee yeah, replacements. Yeah, he like runs until he's just bleeding. Yeah, bleeding from all different parts of his body. Right, everything. Yeah, and I'm thinking... Straight leaking. Yeah, like, he, I don't... I mean, it's unbelievable that he has the fortitude and has the discipline to do that. I respect that so much, but... If you, you read the book, right? Yeah, I did audio books. Do you remember chapter 10? Can you give me a head start? Yeah, in chapter 10 in Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins talks about... His you, bi- by the way, do you just remember all the chapters? Like, I can you can go straight chapter 8 on a book and tell me what's good? Yeah. Or is this just a, a no, unique case? No, this is a unique case. Okay. I don't have the great memory at all. So, um, chapter 10, it talks about his biggest regret. So, he was put in charge of this platoon to get them in shape to be prepared to go into BUDS. We know BUDS, basically underwater demolition school. He was supposed to be there because he was so good at PT and training to help them level up. But what he did was he smashed them to pieces and he made a bunch of guys quit. And later on he realized that I wasn't put in that position to hurt people. I was put there to help people and it went right over my head. And they could have used my tutelage my support, my advice, my me pushing them to be better. But when he saw a guy struggling, he just hammered him and made him quit. And that was his biggest regret. It went right over his head. There's a lot of people in this world that uh, respond well to that, and there's a lot of people that don't. Yeah. I mean, you. a good friend of mine always says, you can pull from darkness for a long time. Like say, I'm, I'm going to show you and F you and I'm going to make this happen. But that only lasts so long. That's like when they, you've seen that uh, picture of like a Roman gladiator. He's holding the bottle full of fire and he's about to throw it to someone and he drops it on himself and he burns him alive. Gladiator is still yeah. one of my favorite movie of yeah. all time. Great movie. It was the best. Great movie. I was in uh, Athens three weeks ago, Greece. Uh, and I sound like I'm just casually there, but I was there for doing a little Europe spiel. Okay. And I was so committed to potentially buying a Leonidas helmet and bringing it back. But I was just recently on this new financial kick of not making dumb decisions. And that I ended up not doing psychology it. of money. But yeah. yeah, you know, just every little tiny detail, things add up. You got to change your lifestyle. You got to change everything about it. Yeah. Yeah. And tracking your finances is so important at so such a crazy level. Like my friend Chris got me into doing this thing on like an Excel sheet where you literally mm. map out everything you do. It's changed my life mm. because you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, look, I did this. Like, yeah. Did I need to do this? What's necessary, right? Right. What's yeah. necessary, but then there's like the whole thing. Well, what's... What's the difference between planning for the future and happiness? So there's always like the different rules, right? Pay yourself first, but also enjoy life, you know, because shit, like crazy stuff can happen and you also got to be happy. But we always ask ourselves the question of like, what's happiness? And I think it exists somewhere between like having a dog and having a dog. (laughs) You know me too well. I'm like, I told my wife, the goal is to work hard do the very best we can at some point down the road we move to a ranch and there's a bunch of dogs there and we just raise these dogs and find them good homes that's the goal that's the best goal i'm on a waiting list for a dog for the last nine months it's called a bucerin it's a mix between a german shepherd and a rottweiler which is going to be an absolute you know savage but like i love big dogs is this a dog you're going to purchase yeah, I've always rescued my whole life okay. and everything I've done. I've rescued cats. You and get everything. a pass. You get a pass. But this is like the time I'm going like zero trauma this time. I'm just I'm gonna byod build your own dog. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay, you get a pass. You've been rescuing. That's a good deed. But I'm all about. I mean, animals are everything. They're yeah. the best things because yeah. they just are pure love, compassion, and homieship. I'm obsessed with our dogs. Which other dogs do you have? We have a. Um, Pitbull, Pitbull mix, Bella, she's a girl, and Bailey, who's like just a little scrappy terrier. Uh, no, he's not a terrier. He's uh, he's just a small little dog. I don't know. I don't know how you would describe him. But he he's a great. They're both rescues. Great puppies, man. They're they're awesome. They're awesome. Great personalities. There's this study showing that if you look a dog straight in the eye, our brains have developed over time to like produce serotonin. Because one thousand percent, you kidding me? It's crazy. I do that all day. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I think the dogs actually know we're using them for those purposes. We had a pit rescue in home in upstate New York. Okay. My dad's best friend. And we knew that Riley was going to, first of all, the dude was absolute ferocious looking terrorist, right? But amongst his homies, he was the best dog ever, loved everyone. But we knew he would die from something like getting hit by a car because he was reckless. Like if mm-hmm. he saw a deer, like it's lights out. He's right, going right, for right. it. So he would go to the farm. My friend has a farm and um, let the dog run around. And ultimately that's... He, he died doing what he loved, chasing a squirrel across the street. Oh, no. Yeah. And, oh, you know, my dad just hasn't, like, I mean, the relationship yeah. between man and beast or woman and beast, yeah, yeah. but I just experienced man and beast. It's something like. Yeah. I just think in life there's, you can be a great father, you can be a successful businessman, and there's a third thing called beast master that you only can get when you have, <laughs> like, a dog or an animal. It's so true. My wife calls me the dog whisperer. I sit down at different people's homes and the dogs walk over to me and they sit on my feet and they look at me. And I'm sure they do that to everyone, but I feel like special when the dog's giving us attention. So, I bet you respond very well because you have like a very calm, direct approach, right? Just the, this, you're so, you talk so gently. I'm not always calm. Yeah, I can be, I've been told uh, I have the other side as well. I'm working on it. It's, I'm a work in progress. Right, Try, we all are. trying, trying. What are the major things you're working on right now? I always want to be a better listener. Um, pay more attention to what's important to the person in front of me. I don't, I don't always do it. I fail a lot, but um, just trying to see things through the perspective of other people, right? Because it's, I think, one of the most powerful things. And what I do is I, you know, coach our our body architects and I work with them and not losing the ability to see things through their lenses or their through their from their perspective and i think that's a really important thing like you know who wants to be around the person says it's supposed to be like this and you screwed this up and this is supposed to be i mean that's the ship has sailed it's not we're not doing that anymore it's it's more like let me try to learn something from the person in front of me it doesn't matter if they're 20 years younger it doesn't matter if they're 20 years older they have an opinion doesn't mean they're right, but let me hear them and let me try to figure it out. Maybe there's some great value there. If there isn't, you listen, you know, so. Yeah, and we're shaped from different experiences. If you're 50-year-olds, that says nothing to do about your EQ. For sure. Right? For sure. And you can spot it a mile away. You know, people who care about, you know, pers- there, there is enough time to care about people. and But it's also... If you care a lot about someone who's on your team, for example, they need to care too. Right. If you if you care more than they care, there's a problem. And the only way to find that out is to be open, have like a gang of, of people you can trust and talk about these things because a lot of times you might not even notice it because it might be a weak spot of you. Yeah. So to have friends that can just be like, hey, you know, this person doesn't value you clearly. Uh, those are some of the best moments where you realize that you're actually making a mistake that you typically would have always continued to make and you finally realize like no actually this is my ego talking i did just act impulsively and you can just like call yourself out yeah it's hard like i mean i've seen things i've seen myself do things like it used to be you know i do things something and five months later i look back on things i did in 2020 and i'm like man that's so embarrassing but now I do it like I did it yesterday and I realized it today. Like, why did I talk to that person like that? Or why did I make that ego move? And why did I look so weak and insecure? Well, there's a reason for it. But you, you try to catch, as you said, the weak spot, I call it a blind spot. John Maxwell calls it a blind spot. And I love John Maxwell. And I always think it's a blind spot because you can't see it. And you need someone else who you trust to tell you. But the challenging thing is finding someone who you actually trust yeah. and isn't manipulating you for purposes that serve them. I've never personally had that problem. And I think like maybe that's like my low key flex because I feel like the only skill I really know I have is I feel like I know genuine people and I'm just so grateful to have like really, really supportive friends in my life that I could call up and ask about any of those things. It's a blessing. But and it really is like if, if someone was to say like my skill, like I shamelessly say that because I feel like I know that. But at the same time, it's so freaking true that the people that sometimes feel that they can't trust anyone, like also don't give trust to other people, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's like to have good friends, you need to be a good friend. 
but at the same time you need to make sure that like the business alignments because because you're right i'm not like perfect at it but there's many times that i've seen it happen mm-hmm. where people are in it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. oh 100 i mean i just it goes back to the thing uh, i brought up before just pay attention to who people are i mean if they're challenged people they're gonna bring more challenges into their life you ever gamble yeah. do i ever gamble i'm yeah. not a gambler no like like that you'd probably be nuts at poker though yeah, no <laughs> probably not I'd probably lose everything that's why i don't play right but, smart you know i'm trying to minimize the chaos in my life you watch ufc at one time i did but i'm not you know i see i watch ufc and i just see a lot of unresolved issues you know, but I mean, I, 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 they're great fighters and I know it's an art and I get a lot of respect for it. But I mean, if you just walk around wanting to bash people's heads in, you know, they have jobs, they have special forces who do that. You can do it if you're really into it. Yeah. Tough way to make a living. It's like people gamble. You want to gamble. There's a place in New York where you can gamble a lot of money. Right. 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 Well, if people are chasing that high, and that high is sometimes lax. I think it's a big reason, like we have vices, and uh, you know your vice changes as you get older. Oh yeah. Like right. I have um, a cigar company, Cigars.com. Oh yeah. And uh, we sell cigars, premium cigars, exclusive cigars made in Miami. What's the top cigar? What's the top top cigar? The Folds of Honor one right now. But isn't there like three? Give me a couple others. Oh, so that's our top cigar, but like the most common, the most popular cigar is a Robusto. It's like a kind of a shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, second to that is probably going to be a Toro. And then the la- the third most popular, in my opinion, is the Churchill, which is like a long six inch. Stove. Okay. But what brands are like ridiculous? Are you allowed to talk about other brands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Arturo Fuente, um, like all the lines of with Opus X. I went to a place to buy cigars at the Hard Rock. For a friend, Davidoff is legendary. Davidoff three, yeah. But there was another one that she, the woman in the store, was comparing to. So these are the two tops. I don't know what she said. I can't remember what she said. Do you smoke cigars though occasionally? No, no, not a cigar person. What are your? Vices? I have. So I smoked a cigar the last. I smoked. I had to smoke a cigar for an event. And then many, many, many years ago, when I was a kid, we used to steal cigars from like this corner store until we got caught. We got in a lot of trouble. That was like 12 years old. That was the last time I smoked a cigar. And then I smoked one recently for an event because everyone was like, you have to do it. So two puffs. Yeah. Do you have any vices? Yeah, working out. That's like way too healthy of a vice. Not if you try to kill yourself when you're doing it. That's true. Good point. What does it feel like when you're at that point of trying to kill yourself when you're doing it, though? Like, what are you thinking about when you're trying to do it? Is it you against you? Like, what goes through your brain during don't, the workout? Don't die. Don't die. Really? Yeah, no. I, with these, like, hard conditioning training sessions, you can look at a, a rowing workout. It's called a piece. And when you do a piece, you know immediately where that piece is going to hurt the most. And growing up, I always had anxiety before I did any athletic events. And I know every time I look at those pieces, what it's going to cost me. And I know where my heart rate's going to be because I have a Garmin, I have a Whoop, and I have all these things that's ma- that, yeah, that makes things quantifiable. So I know it's going to hurt either this much or this much. Are you religious with your Whoop? Uh, I'm pretty into it. I just got mine a week and a half ago. It's great. Yeah, I signed up for two years, so I'm it's like great. in it a minute to win it. It's great. I mean, it's it's all relative, right? Some sort of standardization you're you're tracking. You have a baseline, and you track it. Yeah, like your resting like heart it. rates. It's interesting. Like, I oh, like I, I got I had an epic dinner party this past Friday. You got to come to the next one, brother. <laughs> and uh, we got a little bit too lit. And like, I don't really like drinking much anymore. It just doesn't really get me like right. stoked. The hangovers, recovery, all that. Which is why I, my chosen vice is the occasional cigar. Okay. Um, but it was interesting to see like my heart rate change and all that different types of metrics. Right. My biggest thing is the sleep. Sleep gets me fired up. Like if it tells me that like I got a great sleep, it's like this mental edge. I'm like, let's go. For sure. 
For like sure. you cannot take me out. If you yeah. give me good sleep, like yeah. I'm gonna win the day. How many hours? Uh, there was like seven and a half. That's good. Yeah, that's good. But I heard you the body, uh, like naturally, it's seven and a half, and then nine are like the two main sleep cycles. But some I people don't, don't need like some people can operate on six. I need sleep. Like I'm. I think, according to uh, Dr. Matthew Walker, who wrote the book Why We Sleep, there's like less than one percent of the world has the ability to function optimally on less than like five hours sleep there's there are very few people and there are people i'm certainly not one of them i need sleep so but if you, on, you on the be, on the biohacking subject what are some of like the most core basic principles that you have time and tested throughout your life and training that you recommend everyone do um to live a healthy like great life i mean the stuff we already know i think cold water immersion is amazing i mean for me it's just purely i mean it helps my body but it's purely mental health i feel incredible when i do it i feel like a better human being um also who who spoke to i don't know if it was ben greenfield uh, but someone oh it's uh dr huberman huberman podcast you know andrew huberman, huberman Labs. yeah he's great super smart guy i love his stuff i liked him i like dr ronda patrick he said, the, yeah, the, yeah, so, right, so the people, so he's like a cold water guy, she's like the sauna person, you know, she's got great info, the only thing with Dr. Rhonda Patrick, you gotta listen to it in like slow-mo, because she's so fast, and she's so intelligent, she's laid another, I listened to it like three, four times, but Hubert, there's two things that I think are key, so you have cold water immersion, Dr. Matthew Walker says, there's one stat with sleep that matters more than anything, and that's kind of woke me up, and it, it sounds like a no-brainer, but you don't pay attention to it. The people who sleep the least die first. That's just a f stat that's real, right? So that's certainly a contest I didn't want to win. So I started focusing on more sleep. And the other thing was fasting. Here's why. The people who have a lower blood sugar or uh, manageable blood sugar levels for an extended extended part of the day where they don't have great spikes with consistency live the longest which means if i'm eating a big meal in the morning it goes down if i eat a big meal in the afternoon it goes down eat a big meal in the evening it goes down i have a snack it goes down your blood sugar is all over the place i think the reason why intermittent fasting is so good aside from purging like cells after like 72 hours is that we get to control our blood sugar and our body knows what to expect from our eating cycle. So a cold water and of course the saunas, minimum of 20 minutes for you know onset Alzheimer's. But that's really anything with blood flow to the brain, not just saunas. Do you do 12 to 8 intermittent fasting or do you do like extended daily fasting? Well, I'm not doing it now, but I used to do uh, an eight-hour eight window. But an eight-hour window for me, it wasn't exactly hard yeah, because I'm waking up so early, I'm training, I'm working. I don't even think about food to a certain hour. Do you feel it's important to eat right after a workout or not really? Depends on lifestyle. I don't think it's only it's absolutely necessary if you want to, you know, um, replenish depleted glycogen. But you know, I know people who don't eat before, train hard, and then they like fast for like four or five hours after, and then they have a big window of eating. And I've seen it work. So the intermittent fasting, the cold water immersion infrared saunas and uh obviously sleep sleep those yeah. are the biggest things and sounds like a no-brainer but it's not yeah i've uh one of the big things is i've had gut issues my whole life so i have like a condition called SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth it's like bad ibs but um you get it often when you have like a weak stomach and uh one thing i can't i've, I've learned about myself is i you know i love to eat i love to cook i love mm -hmm. to make meals and uh, I eat too much. Overeating is a really bad thing for your body. So one thing I've recently done is I've just automated my meals. I do daily harvest for all my smoothies. Nice. I do um, just the only meal I don't make is my first meal of the day, which is Ezekiel bread, egg, and uh, avocado. Okay. Right? And then I do dinners from Sweet Chef, and they just they send you the stuff, so you awesome. don't have to worry about it anymore. That's it's like awesome. forcing me to structure handle my shit and yeah. not be ridiculous yeah. eat like t yeah too much i think we all do that 
I'm from an Italian family, so if you don't have like four plates of pasta, you're a loser. So I was like, four plates of Your pasta. Your mom's full-blown Italian? My mother is. Uh, so three of my grandparents are Italian, one of them is French. We were just having a talk about this. Italians are the best. Eating. But they're very passionate. And passion has many different definitions. Right? It's not always good. You know, they could take something that's very simple and very calm. And they're like screaming at each other. And like, my brother does it now. I met these two Italian girls when I was in um, Portugal. And they're just the nicest, nicest people. And it's like, really, I really want to visit. Yeah, they're caring. They're caring. Yeah. Really caring. Yeah. And family. I think that cultures where family is really important. Obviously, you can find that in every culture, like certain stuff. But mm -hmm. like, for example, I love Latin culture because I feel like they're so much more family oriented than oh, like yeah. a typical white dude. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, uh, I'm like Blanche White. I'm like the whitest white dude ever. So I feel like my uh, my opposite is going to be like some Latin girl. It has to be that way. Opposites. It's always opposites. Yeah. My wife is Filipino. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you been to the Philippines? No, but she raves about it. She's been there several times, and she's dying for me to go. Oh, that's sweet. How'd you yeah. meet? We met in um, Miami Beach at a charity event. And uh, That's where you meet them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, a friend <laughs> of mine... There's one thing you learn in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, a friend of mine shot me a picture of her, and then a friend of hers shot her a picture of me, and then... We were supposed to meet up. We didn't meet up. Something happened. And then we were out randomly, and I saw her, and I said, she looks so familiar. So I, I remember her from that picture. It was a little picture. And um, I asked her if her name was Melanie, and at the same time, she said, is your name Mark? And I said, yeah. So we just talked, had a great talk, spent some time together that week, and um, it was awesome. Fireworks. It was awesome. Well, I, you know, she was, she was so like kind and like easygoing and I, th I tell her you know honey you're the benefit you're the benefactor of me having like these tumultuous like horrible like relationships with complete psychopaths and she was like such a you know she's beautiful but she's such a breath of fresh air I was like man this is so awesome you know it was like you're an idiot if you don't try to you know spend more time with her and as i got to know her there was just more things i would like i don't know if you ever watched seinfeld no but i heard it's legendary yeah it is legendary um when jerry meets this beautiful girl he's trying to figure out what's wrong with her and there was really nothing wrong with her like she of course she's not perfect but she checked all the boxes and she was super sweet so i'm like why are you trying to find a problem with a person who's great, you know? It's interesting that, like, what we want, especially in, like, partners, changes a lot as we get older. Like, I'm, I'm all, like, mature, like, like, I'm, like, much more matured out now. How old are you? 30, just turned. <laughs> like, I'm all, like, I gotta find me a good girl, you know? A yeah. good church-going girl, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, well, I think that when you find someone like that that makes you better, it shouldn't be, like, a nightmare obviously it's someone who's adding great value to you and you're learning from each other but it's funny how like people tend to just like like find chaos attractive oh because at it's, times it's it energy can, right? at it is energy yeah. yeah at times it sounds dope right you're like okay yeah well, certain occasions it's <laughs> yeah. fantastic well, but but that's where their mind is going i don't know if brunch is going to make sense <laughs> with this exactly <laughs> exactly i might not want to take this person home to the family or church but maybe this other thing yeah yeah. But as you get older, your priorities change and you kind of get worn down uh, from the chaos. Like, do you really want this chaos in your life? Right. And you also know it's going to be short lived. You know, there's going to be a point where you're like, what is this? Yeah. And you keep thinking, why am I attracting these crazy people? And then it's like, once you start asking those questions, you, then you do some inner work and you realize that you need to become the type of person you want to attract. And you're like, oh, shit. Like,. <laughs> I got to go back to the drawing board here. Let's work on myself, man, so I can yeah. attract the right person. <laughs> you attract what you are. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's constantly evolving, and that's what people are supposed to be doing is evolving. And going back to your career of being you know, someone that became a leader in the locker room because of your own dedication to the craft and wanting to be the best version of yourself and all these things, 
and then going to the peak of New England sports wearing a Patriots jersey. That must have been a, quite a moment. Yeah. What? That's yeah. crazy. What yeah. was that like when you first put on that jersey? I know the Jets was first, but... Yeah. Um, so, growing up, you know, I know you saw it, but I, all my relatives would gather around, like, you know, these little TVs and, like, the den or something, you know, and they were watching Patriots football. And I couldn't understand why they cared so much. But all they talked about was Patriots football. So I'm thinking, so to me, it automatically had great value. Like It's important to every person in my family, so it's got to be really special. And um, I had one uncle, Uncle Gus, that loves Patriots football so much that when he passed away, we spread his ashes on Foxborough Field. Whoa. The security guy let us in. to. We explained it, and he was like, hurry up, you know, which was super cool of him. And then so when I, my first actual game, when I put that jersey on and I was out there, it was more than just playing for the Patriots. It was, this is like, my brother's a construction worker. All my family's obsessed with football. My Uncle Gus's ashes are on this field. It's a, this is a really big deal. This is way bigger than football. And it's hard. It was important to every teammate that was out there. They were killing themselves too. But to me, it was... Like, I felt like I was bleeding Patriots red and blue, red, white, and blue for years and years and years. And when I got out there, it was like, there's no feeling like it in the world. Like, if you're sitting in the stands, it's special. If you're sitting in a suite, it's special. If, you know, Robert Kraft, if he's the owner of a sports team, it's special. But being on that field, when you're shoulder to shoulder with some of the best athletes in the world, there's a certain euphoria where you're never going to feel that again. Like you can try to tap a vein for it. Some people try to snort it, but you can't get that feeling anywhere. Do people get really depressed when they leave the NFL then because they just can't get that high anymore? I think anymore? you have to. You have to, yeah. I think you, you, you what's going to replace it? Yeah, yeah. And then it's, not, it's not bad. It's just nothing replaces it. You just have to find other things that are fulfilling. What was the quickest thing that gave you just a quick high after that? That was able to find get your first step towards finding a, not a replacement, but something new. Hmm. Like, was there a point where you hit that rock and you're like, ah, shit, like fo- no more football and it's time for the next chapter. And then you got into fitness and which ultimately led to anatomy. But was there a certain moment where you felt like, wow, this is this has legs. I can I can roll with this. I think coaching and training people to find like the strength within themselves that maybe they thought they never knew they had. Yeah. You know, and like letting them know that you have that inside you. You just got to focus on this and this and just guiding them and like little wins. I was talking to someone on our team today. They said, you know, this client doesn't seem like he's that into training and he's, you know, doesn't have a sense of urgency. He doesn't do his best and doesn't show up as much. And I was saying, well, this guy, just imagine what his life was like before he met you. Meaning, maybe he was depressed. Maybe he was on his couch. Maybe he was sleeping all day. Maybe his family wanted him to get motivated. And now he's getting up. He's getting dressed. And he's coming to see you three days a week. And you think that that's mediocrity. But to him, that's more progress than he's ever made in his life. So you need to pay attention to those wins. And to me, that type of win and helping someone like that made me feel like I'm paying it forward. Yeah. Because I didn't get to where I was by myself. People helped me. And that that's something special. Like people think I did this all on my own. It's like no one does that. You know, there whatever it is in life, you might not know it and it might be a blind spot, but there are people conspiring to make sure you succeed. And I think it's great or a positive thing to pay homage to that. We are a really humble guy. So like when people see what you're doing, waking up at 4.15 and running on the track, like people see that like a David Goggins, like you're mm-hmm. nuts. But when you look at a David Goggins and say, oh, he's nuts. So everyone's got these different perspectives of who is and who yeah. is a nut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that, that's one of the biggest challenges. Like anyone can look at the next person and say, oh, it's really not that hard. But the challenge is that they weren't around watching what you went through to get there yeah so they wake up going oh this is great uh you do this and this is easy and 
you got it made. It's like you, you never saw any of the struggles. Yeah, like you can't, and you, you need to celebrate people during their winning season, but you have no idea what it was like during their losing season. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And they don't, they, they, they don't care to hear it because it's like a war story. It's like, dude, it was real. But we like, want like quick, you know? quick things. We want quick W's, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're just I, craving it. I, I talked to a young man on the phone and he said, uh, you know, I'm reaching out to you because I figured you could, you know, help me and you've been through these things. You could save me a lot of time. And I said, well, the problem is I can't give you a lesson that you have to experience. Like, it sounds like you're looking for a shortcut. He said, no, no, I'm not looking for a shortcut. I said, well, I think you are because it's like, I heard this example, you know, the, they have the TV show with the lottery winners. Well, you know that TV show, they win the lottery and then they go broke, right? Yeah. Why do they go broke? They don't have any financial, any knowledge of financials. Any, any, any skills, right? So the yeah. guy who's made, you know, millions of dollars probably has the skills to manage that and understands what to do with it and knows how much he can spend so he doesn't go broke. Right. So he's acquired all those lessons along the way to understand how to handle it once he gets there. If there was one, two, or three things that you could ask yourself that could have saved you a ton of time, money, heartaches, and headaches, what would that be? And I say... And it can't be I wouldn't have told myself anything because it made me who I am today or investing in crypto. Yeah. But those are like obviously, you know, great answers. Mm -hmm. But asking you that, what are some of those things? If looking back at the young Mark, you know, out it's Mark against the world to make it into the NFL, to build one of the most successful, great gyms of a great culture, uh, which is anatomy. I mean, it's it's everyone knows anatomy if you live in Miami. Yeah. Well, firstly, I'd say that Anatomy is a huge success because of the people that I'm fortunate enough to work with. Um, it has very little to do with me. Now, my business partners do a lot. They work very hard, and uh, they're all you know, busting their humps to make sure it continues to grow in a positive way. Our team members are incredible. They do so many special things each and every day that no one will ever hear about and no one will ever see. So I think about them and, and how lucky I am to be around them because I'm surrounded by people who are better than me. That's the truth. They're all better than me. Um, the things I guess I would have told myself yeah. are, it's hard. Like I would have told myself not to worry as much, you know, not to stress as much, but of course I would have. You know, I, I would have. I would have been like, you know, you can't tell yourself to calm down. You can't say yourself not to worry. You're going to worry. But I think it's it's going to be all right. Focus on these things. And what would it be? It'd be focusing on learning as much as I can about communication, about listening, about behavior, about psychology. And by the way, not to for other people, but for myself. For sure. Like I want to. for you. Yeah, for me. You know, it's like. You can't control how someone else responds. You can only control how you respond, you know? And that was a huge lesson for me in itself. Not reacting anymore. Take a beat, take a moment, think about it, maybe get a good night's sleep, and then respond. You know, I've, I've learned, it's taken me a long time to understand that when someone treats you poorly, or they treat you negatively, or they ghost you, or they ignore you, or say bad things about you, like, that's all about them. That's all about them. And I used to think, what am I doing wrong? The person's not acknowledging me. And then I realized they're struggling. You know, you kind of wish them well and hope their life gets better. And that's all you can do, you know? Yeah. That was two. Is there anything else? Two. One more. Um, Change your Bumble to Filipino. Well, you know, it's interesting. I did this drill right before I met my wife and I'd never done it before. Someone who I respect very much said, hey, this is what you should do. Visualize and write down exactly what you want your wife to look like, be, act like, and like what you want her to embody. And I wrote down everything from the tone of her skin to, I didn't say Filipino, but it was like, I envisioned what she would look like yeah. and I wrote everything down 
And then months later, I met her in, in an eerie way. I went back to this list, and it was like every single thing on that list was there. And I was thinking that was the most interesting experience, and it was eerie because I had never done that before. The only other time I did that was I had this wall, and Tony Robbins calls it a vision board, but I had this vision board on my wall. I have pictures of it from when I was a kid. And I put everything on my wall, and everything on that wall has come to life. But it's a drill that, nah, I'm not doing that. It's a waste of time. There's one young man I trained, and I, I, I've, his father was my linebacker coach in college, in high school. And um, this young man is just transformed into an awesome athlete. He's going to be a captain, middle linebacker for his team. So proud of him. He sent me a pic of his vision board. And everything on that board, he's like knocking off the list. And it's wild because what you focus on, like where your attention goes, you go. You know that. So I think it's like an exercise. Like if you want a certain relationship or you want certain things in your life, you got to like write it down or put it somewhere where you can actually see it. Because when you can see it, you can put your energy there and focus on it. I think it's a big deal. It's how it helped me. So that's the third thing. That's legit manifestation yeah, yeah, of attraction. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard that from many different people. It's like, if you want to visualize your dream life, you need to do those things. But like you said, it's so easy to talk about, but most people just don't do it. Are you a big writer? Like, I, cause I think people that journal, it's like a life hack. Like they just have a one up yeah, on other people. No, cause yeah, that has to be so good for your brain. I agree. You know, I, I used to say, I can't write. I'm a terrible writer. I had a teacher in third grade, uh, Mrs. Smith, tell me I was a terrible writer. And uh, another friend said, hey, you, you're writing every day. I said, what do you mean I'm writing every day? He said, you write these posts. And if you put a post together, you know, 365 of them, you have 365 pages in your book. And I was thinking, he's right. Like, I'm writing. I just, it's the way you framed it. It's like public speaking. If you go and you think, I'm going to speak to this group I'm scared out of my mind. I definitely don't want to do that. But if I go up there and say, I'm going to have a conversation, it changes things, right? Yeah, totally. So and so how happens. you frame it, right? So with that writing, when I wrote the book, I wrote, my wife was away for the weekend. She was working and uh, she traveled. I wrote on Saturday and Sunday, like 180 pages of Microsoft Word. I just, it was like a dump. I just wrote, you know, because it was like therapy. And then I wrote the rest of that book little posts at a time and I just put them together you got it done took five years <laughs> two days for 180 pages for five years for the next for the rest of it just because I think I was so afraid of uh, sharing to I can relate to that I mean shit there's so much everyone listening can relate to that there's so much you could share but it's just it's so you know, number one weird awkward you might not feel right it's a lot of things in life, but when you do find your voice and you can speak your truth, there's a level of just confidence that will erode from you. So I always recommend people, everyone should start a podcast. Yeah. Everyone should start a blog. Everyone should start building their brand. Yeah. And you should start spreading the word, man, because there's your tribes out there. There's people yeah. out there that are looking for you. And clearly you found your tribe and yeah. your tribe loves you. And that's how you've been able to build what you've built because you pour into the people and, yeah. and that's how you live your life. So... It's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. I'm I'm super fortunate to be around good people, and um, you know, honestly, I always believe like you know, I always say, be yourself as long as your true self is like being respectful to others, not harming anyone. Like, I remember someone who I am uh, close friends with. I said, you know, when I if I write about this or if I post this, this person's gonna get upset. And I remember her saying, you know, Mark damned if you do damned if you don't you can't win so if you're not harming anyone and you mean it in a positive way just do you and i'll never forget she said that it was very profound i was like that's completely the truth you know like sounds matter of fact but you kind of need to hear it from other people sometimes i can't think of a better way to end a podcast yeah. with that thought that yeah. was amazing how can uh, how can the people of Miami and the listeners of the Damn Good Day Show, which is from obviously all over the country, how can they continue to follow the journey, uh, continue to follow Mark and Anatomy? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think 
most importantly, uh, check out Anatomy. If you don't already know it, you probably know it if you're in Miami or Florida. Um, it's an incredible team, incredible community. Um, grateful to my business partners and uh, the team who kills himself every day to make it special, really. Um, so check out Anatomy, at Anatomy, um, at Mark Magna on Instagram. Um, and you can check out the book, Dream Big, Never Quit. It's on Amazon. You can get it at Amazon. And you can get the audio book on Audible. That's my voice. It's way harder to record an audio book than you think. Really? Way harder. And um, <laughs> it took a long time. Very frustrating. And the uh, documentary... It's called Just the Kid Fall River from Fall River. Excuse me. Just the Kid from Fall River. Produced, directed, made everything by Randy West of Monarch Productions. And that movie was intended to be for high school and college students or at-risk at youth and just give them a uh, kind of an understanding like your dreams and goals are possible. You're going to have to work really hard to get there, but it is possible. It's not impossible. So that's on... Um, Get it on Amazon. You can get it on uh, iTunes. All platforms, mo most for the most part, but not Netflix. So check it out. Just the yeah, kid I got from Florida. Amazon. Yeah. Do you like it? I loved it. I yeah. told you it was insane. I liked the three dudes in like the pub. Like that was such a Massachusetts. <laughs> those vibe. are my those are my cousins. Yeah. Oh, they were so mad. Yeah. The mass holes <laughs> to the T. <laughs> oh man, they're tough guys. Tough guys. Yeah, well, but, man, we appreciate you again, echoing anatomy. Uh, it's incredible. This has been the damn good day show. Mark, thanks so much for stopping by. Hopefully you become a repeat viewer of the, of the pod and, and come on more often. Thank you. And we'll, uh, we'll rock and roll. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. This is a damn good day to have a damn good day.